country style. Yeah, all right, we can like that, can't we? Yeah. Hey, well, thanks again for <laughs> maybe a little too country. No, Th thanks again for for being with us. Uh, we're glad that you're here at Grace, as we've been saying. Uh, one church, Grace Community, meeting in soon to be two locations. I uh, want to remind you to pray for Paulding, things to come together for that. A lot of tech stuff and things need to happen. That's coming up soon, and, and the finances and just all that stuff. Please pray for that. We're really excited about what God is going to do there. And then last Sunday, we had our 75th anniversary. We had chicken. We, we had cookie lady cookies, and we had all kinds of good stuff uh, just rolling out for you and uh, had a great time of celebration. I'm glad you could come to that. And then also last night, how many of you were last night, night of worship, uh, had a great time? Yeah, it was, uh, it was good stuff. I uh, had a room full of people there. We, we had great, that, that's why we have this additional, um, these speakers and stuff up here just kind of thumping things up a little bit. That, that'll go away next Sunday, but, but uh, we just had a wonderful time. Jay did an amazing job pulling that all together. And uh, yeah, he did, yeah. And today we're starting a brand new series called Branded, as you just heard. And really what we're talking about is uh, the permanent marks that we should all have being a Christian. Uh, out in Colorado, I'm, I'm from a couple of families uh, that have brands. On my mother's side, um, it's an open A, quarter circle, quarter circle uh, was her brand. And uh, th this is a quarter circle brand right here. And really, I don't know how much you know about brands, but you read them left to right, top to bottom, outside in, and, uh, and you'll become an expert. And, uh, but uh, what they are is, is you heat this up, you put it uh, into the hide of, of cattle, sometimes horses, and, uh, and then that, that puts this permanent mark in them. Now sometimes they freeze brand and do other things, and guys like RC could tell you a lot more about that than I could. But... Uh, but that's what we're talking about today is branded. What are some of the core characteristics of a Christian that if somebody is a, a really a believer, what are the core characteristics that are permanently marked in a believer's life? And we came up with four of those that we want to talk about through this series. And the first one is gratitude. And, and you, might, you might think gratitude, that seems like more of an afterthought than a core characteristic, but I think we're mistaken when we think that way. We're going to talk about gratitude this morning, really answer three questions. Number one, what is gratitude? Number two, why is it so important to God? And then number three, how gratitude could impact, how it should impact our life. And as we do that, there's a passage of scripture that I want us to be looking at. It's in Luke chapter 7, 17, Luke 17, and uh if you want to grab a Bible off the chair rack in front of you, you can follow along. Uh, other, and, and by the way, if you don't own a Bible, we, we'd be happy for you to stop by our information table in the atrium. And we'll give you a Bible, a gift uh, from grace to you. And uh, I lost my place. Okay, here we are. All right. Luke chapter 17, beginning in verse 11. While he was on the way to Jerusalem, this is Jesus... He was passing between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten leprous men stood at a distance, met him. And they raised their voices saying, Master Jesus, have mercy on us. And if I could just pause for a second there. 
basically, these men have leprosy. Leprosy is a term that's used in the Greek and the New Testament for a wide variety of contagious skin diseases. And when somebody had leprosy, they were basically considered unclean, ceremonial unclean. They were removed from society. They had to live completely apart. And that's why they're addressing Jesus at such a distance. They were not allowed to go near people who didn't have leprosy. That's kind of how the stage is set here, continuing in verse 14. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they were going, they were cleansed. Now one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at his feet, that's Jesus' feet, giving thanks to him, and he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? But the nine, where are they? Was no one found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And, And we'll stop there. Very interesting passage of scripture, if you just think about it, and it's very familiar, a lot of us have looked at this before, but I want you to think about this. Jesus heals these 10, ten guys, they're calling at a distance, he says, go show yourselves to the priests, because you have to show yourself when you're clean to kind of get the okay, the stamp of approval to enter back into society. So they turn to go, and as they do that, they're all 10, they're cleansed, they don't have leprosy anymore. And then one guy comes back and, and he falls at Jesus' feet and he says, he's praising God and he's thanking Jesus. Now, here's the deal. We would not even consider the other nine ungrateful if it wasn't for the one who came back to thank it. If, if the story just ended, he, he cleansed them, they went and then they were healed, we wouldn't think anything about it. But because one of them comes back and offers gratitude to to Jesus, then we're like, well, what's up with the other nine? Because of that one, even, even as we read this, we're like, what's up with the other nine guys? And we think they're ungrateful. But I bet if we were to talk to those guys, they would have sounded pretty grateful. I mean, they're doing what Jesus told them to do. Go show yourself to the priest. They're probably going. They're happy. They see that they've been healed. They can't wait to tell the priest. They're thankful. They're going to tell their family, their friends. They're rejoicing. They probably think, no, I'm thankful. But something's missing, Jesus is pointing out. And basically it's this. You know, as we look at what gratitude is, Gratitude is more than just polite conversation. Gratitude is more than just a thank you to our server. Gratitude is more than, than just us kind of getting by in society. What we're talking about today for gratitude, we really want to look at it in a deeper way, in a biblical way, that's a, prof- a profound, awestruck gratitude that we should have toward God. And I think that's what Jesus is pointing out. That's missing. That's the level. Sure, these guys seem grateful. But if they don't express it, if they don't come back and express gratitude to the giver, then it's really ingratitude. That's what Jesus is teaching us through this story. Gratitude is something that's so easy for us to take for granted and we throw out a few thank yous and we think we kind of got this covered but it's really not that way Jesus is saying wait these guys even though they might have expressed thankfulness something's missing they didn't come back to him 
they've experienced grace, they've received this good gift from God, Jesus, but they haven't come back to tell him, thank you, and and then they kind of fall into this ingratitude kind of category. And really, as believers, unending gratitude should be the response for all of us who have experienced God's forgiveness. So what is gratitude? We're kind of talking about gratitude on a little deeper level. Then the second question is, why is it so important to God? Well, the first reason it's so important to God is because Scripture reveals to us that that God loves gratitude and God hates ingratitude. And I know that sounds a little strong, but we can read about that in Scripture. Actually, in Romans chapter 1, it'll kind of flesh this out if you want to follow along. Romans 1, beginning in 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven... For the wrath of God, serious stuff. So the wrath of God is revealed. And now who is this wrath toward? I want us to focus in on that. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which is known about God is evident within them. For God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. And then here's here's the kicker. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks. But they became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. What we're finding out here is God's wrath is against those who are ungrateful. And not only that, none of us has an excuse to not thank God, to not be grateful to God. That's what, that's what Paul's teaching us here. I think one of the main roots of Christianity, one of the main marks, permanent marks left on our life if we've truly become a Christian is gratitude. On the flip side, ingratitude, the opposite of gratitude... I think that shows up as really a foundational root of all sin. One of the foundational roots of all sin, I believe, is ingratitude. Let me explain that. Think about the very beginning. God creates matter, energy, time. God creates the universe, the solar system. He creates earth. God fills it with, with life. God creates animals, plants, all this stuff. Then God creates Adam. And then last of all, God creates Eve. Now, think about Eve. She shows up in the garden. God's created her. And it's a great place. She has everything. Food, literally, grows on trees. I mean, all, all of creation, all the diversity... All the beauty that God has built into creation, it's all there on display for Eve. She can walk among the animals, plants, everything. She sees it all. But yet, she's tempted. Think about how is Satan going to tempt someone who kind of has everything? By focusing on the one thing that she didn't have. Isn't that weird? So, Eve... Instead of focusing on all that God has given her, which, by the way, she did no work. She didn't do anything to earn any of this. It was all given to her as a gift. She didn't earn any of it. She didn't work for any of it. 
But then Satan tempts her by getting her to focus on the one thing, all the hundred thousand things she has, but then the one thing that she doesn't have, the one tree. Really, ingratitude. I bet if Eve woke up that morning and then decided, like some people now are, are, are starting to get in the habit of doing, and just write, if she started writing down everything that she was grateful for, Maybe she just took a couple hours to do that. She wrote down everything around her that she was grateful for, what God had given her. And, and say she comes up in a couple hours with six pages of stuff. I bet if she had that six pages of stuff and Satan would have come to her and said, hey, look, look at what you don't have. I think she would have said, but look at all that I have. Gratitude, I believe, would have helped her avoid sin. But ingratitude, it's really the root. It's, oh, it's covetousness. It's the 10th commandment. It's looking at what, not focusing on all the stuff we have, but focusing on the one thing that we don't have. That leads to sin. It's, it's kind of like, it's like counseling. And I, I think all pastors and counselors probably experience a little bit of this, as you do when you're talking to your friends. Ever talk to somebody and you're sitting down with them and they're telling you, man, the wheels have come off. Life couldn't be worse. Have you ever heard somebody say something like that? Of course, you're thinking, well, you know, you probably don't say it because it just wouldn't be polite. But you're thinking, yeah, life could be worse. The fact that you're even able to walk into this office, sit down, make eye contact, send little signals from your brain that come out, sound waves out of your mouth, and that you can hear all this and interpret it, all this stuff. The fact that you could even sit here and say the sentence means a thousand things are working for good in your life at that moment. Your heart's beating, your blood's pumping, all, this thing, all these things are happening. It's a thousand great things. But you're saying life couldn't be worse. It could be worse. Or you wouldn't be able to even sit here and talk. We're all prone to covetousness. We're all prone to ingratitude. We're all prone to be blind to all the good things God has given us and focus on the one thing that he hasn't given us. And it leads to sin. So we're talking about that's, you know, why? Why is it so important to God? Because God loves gratitude, hates ingratitude. And because it, ingratitude is really a basis of sin. And the second reason why. Because at, at, at the very foundation of it all, there's, there's really only two ways that, that people approach God. And one is works righteousness. One is grace righteousness. Works righteousness, by the way, represents every other religion except for Christianity. All religions of the world except for Christianity are based on works righteousness. Every single other religion is based on the fact that you do this, you do that, you do A, B, and C, and then that earns you favor with God. Really, the works righteousness system that so many people fall into, which is totally opposed to what God actually tells us, it's really based on a sense of entitlement, which is a big issue for our country today, you know, politically and stuff, this sense of entitlement that, that we're owed something. That's how religions are. 
If I do A, B, and C, then I'm entitled to what God is supposed to give me for doing that. So whether it's a religious ritual or whether it's good habits that you're in or anything that you're supposed to do in that religion, then it earns you favor with God. You're entitled to favor with God. That's works righteousness, every other religion. Christianity is just the opposite. Christianity is grace righteousness. Christianity, it says, there's nothing we can do to be entitled to favor with God. We're not entitled. It's impossible for us to earn God's favor. There's nothing we can do to erase one sin in our life. There's nothing we can do to erase the fact that we've rebelled against God, that we've sinned against him. We've, we've done Sin means we've done wrong according to what God's told us to do. If he's told, or he's told us not to do it. We've, we've done it. That's, that's grace. Grace righteousness. Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You see, grace righteousness causes us to throw ourselves face down before Christ. Thanking him for something that we can't earn. That's really, I think, that deepest sense of gratitude. When we're talking about back when what gratitude is, it's really when we receive something that we know we don't deserve. That's, I think, when our deepest sense of gratitude kicks in. We get a paycheck from our boss. Okay, yeah, well, we feel like, yeah, I put in my time. You know, we're, we're thankful, but it's not that deep sense of gratitude. But when somebody gives us something that we do not deserve, that's grace righteousness. That's the gospel. That's the good news. None of us deserve. What could we possibly do to put God in our debt? Nothing. Nothing. There's nothing we can do. God offers us forgiveness as a free gift. It's all grace, grace, righteousness. He offers us cleansing from our sin. He offers us righteousness. Not everybody's happy about that, but. <laughs> the third question, how does God use gratitude to impact our lives? Well, there's four ways. Gratitude impacts our lives. First of all, it helps us to avoid sin. We've kind of already talked about that. The more that we are focused on what God's given us, then the less we are prone to sin. If we just keep focused on all the good things that God has done for us, then it helps us to, to not covet the one thing that we don't have. But the other thing that we learned from this story in the text is that Gratitude must be expressed. Gratitude should be expressed. Another impact that it makes in our lives is that we want to express our gratitude. Really, you could, you could basically say this from the story, that unexpressed gratitude is ingratitude. And not only that it is expressed, but it's expressed specifically to the giver, to the person who has poured their gifts or their grace on us. Hebrews 12, 28 says, Therefore, 
Since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken. Talk about those of us who are believers. We receive a kingdom, an eternal kingdom that cannot be shaken, cannot be taken away. Since, therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe. Our, our Christian life should be permanently marked by gratitude and we should respond by wanting to express it to God. And we do that in a lot of different ways. We can do that through service. We do that through prayer. We do that through talking to God. We do that by the attitude we live our daily life with. We've been talking about baptism. We have this baptism service coming up in a couple of weeks, outdoor baptism. I, I think we have over 70 people maybe signed up for that and and, and that's for people who God has changed our hearts and he's called us, hey, follow him. Do this little thing. It doesn't earn us our salvation. There's nothing we can do to earn our salvation. God's just saying, once you put your faith in me, do this public sign that just tells other people that you've done this, that you've, been, that you've become a Christian, that you're starting a new life. Baptism, just a symbol. If you haven't done that, if you haven't signed up for that, if, if you've put your trust in Christ alone and become a Christian recently, or, or maybe it's been a long time, and since that time you've made that decision that you haven't been immersed underwater as a believer, you, you should do that out of gratitude, if nothing else. If you think about it, unexpressed gratitude, it's a lost chance to praise God. Gratitude reminds us that every good thing we experience is from God. The third thing, gratitude helps us to avoid sin. Gratitude, it should be something that we want to express. Also, gratitude, just the sense of gratitude, it brings joy into our lives. It changes our perspective, the way we live every single day. Gratitude, it sort of opens up the flow of grace through our life. Uh, I read a story this week. It was about a, a kind of a Bible scholar guy named Matthew Henry. A lot of you uh, have heard of him if you've been a Christian for a long time, maybe. 250 years ago, he, he kind of experienced a, a bad event in his life. And he penned some words in his diary. What happened is he, had, he was robbed of everything he had. Everything he owned in the world was taken from him. And here's what he wrote in his diary after that event. He says this. Let me be thankful First, because I was never robbed before. Second, because although they took my purse, they didn't take my life. Third, let me be thankful that although they took me all, my, although they took my all, it wasn't much. And then he said, fourth, let me be thankful because it was I who was robbed and not I who robbed someone else. What a perspective, right? That's true thankfulness. I was thinking about this sermon yesterday. I was mowing. And as I was mowing uh, on my property, I, I bumped up against our clothesline. And it's one of those pipe clotheslines. And you know how the ends are they're always packed with, you know, hornets or whatever. And, and sure enough, I stirred up a hornet. I didn't even realize it. I stirred up this hornet nest. And I got stung on the back of my arm. And I'm thinking, yeah, which wasn't that upsetting. It hurt more than a bee sting, though. But anyway, you know, and I'm, I'm, and I'm finishing my mowing, you know, the next five or ten minutes. I was almost done. And then I was thinking, well, Matthew Henry, you know, I should be responding like him. And, and really, 
just thinking that way I was. I'm like, well, first of all, you know, I'm glad that I'm not allergic to bee stings. You know, so it's, it's just a little shot in the arm and it's going away. Secondly, I'm glad it was on my arm and not on my face. Which for some of you might think it would be an improvement, but you know, it's, it's, I consider that a good thing. And then third, hey, I only got one sting. There, there were like 50 of them circling around me. That I didn't even know they were there, but you know, and you could just go on and on. And I was, I was actually also thankful that I got stung and I could then, after I was done mowing, deal with that rather than Pam getting stung because it would have hurt Pam more. You know, and just on and on and on you can go. And there's no end to it. Just being grateful for a hornet's sting. Isn't that weird? See, what God is telling us is we can be thankful in every circumstance. As a matter of fact, that's what 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says. In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. No matter what circumstance that you find yourself, no matter how difficult it is, there should be room for you to have joy and also gratitude to God. Even if it's just gratitude that he's given you the endurance to see it through, the strength to go through it. That, that's what the eight, Romans 8.28 thing is that, Everything God allows into the life of a believer, as we try to follow God, he will use it all for our good. That's something to be thankful for, no matter what the circumstance is. Colossians 3.17 says, Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. You see, grateful people can find a blessing in any circumstance. No matter how difficult. And ingrateful people can find a burden in any circumstance, no matter how good. It's really, it's perspective. Gratitude should be a permanent mark in our life. And then the fourth way how gratitude impacts our life is that really we understand that gratitude strengthens relationships. Gratitude strengthens relationships. We could go back to counseling to kind of illustrate this. Never in my life, you know, we all have marriage issues that crop up once in a while. And some people come in, if they're a little tougher, they'll come in and get counseling. And that's a good thing, and they should. But you never have somebody coming in saying, well, one of the issues is that I am so utterly grateful for my spouse. I mean, that never shows up in counseling. Have you can you imagine that? If, if we, and I just pointed out to say, if we got up every day and just sort of listed all the things that we were grateful for in our spouse, it'd probably change the way we interacted in our marriage for that day, wouldn't it? Just by being more grateful. But that's nothing compared to our relationship with God, our most important relationship, out of which everything else kind of flows. You see, if we are truly grateful to God, it strengthens our relationship, just like it would our marriage. It strengthens our relationship with God. And that kind of brings us to the most interesting part of this whole passage. The most interesting verse is really the last verse. I didn't read it. It was verse 19. Here's what happens. 
Verse 19 reads, And he said to him, so this guy comes and he, he falls down on the face before Jesus, thanking him. And he said to him, verse 19, Stand up and go, your faith has made you well. What's really interesting about this is the word well can also be translated saved. It's sozo. It can be either way. But here, well doesn't really fit the context so well because they were already cured of their physical issues. The whole ten received healing. The moment they responded to what Jesus said and went to the priest, they turned to go. They were healed on the way. But this one guy comes back. He falls on the face before, his face before Jesus, thanking God, praising God, thanking Jesus. And then Jesus says, you can go. Your faith has saved you. You see, what's clearly, what's happening in this, it's a little muted, but what we can get is that this guy got something the other nine men didn't get. And then Jesus makes this whole point. And, and this guy happened to be a Samaritan, a, a, a foreigner. He's coming back to thank God. He's not even a Jewish guy. He's kind of a half-breed Jewish guy that everybody avoids. What's up with that? I don't think we can be a true Christian without having a profound sense of gratitude. We see it in the very next chapter. Jesus tells another story. Remember the two guys praying? Priest, Pharisee guy goes up to pray and, hey, thank you that I'm not like all these other wicked people, that I'm, I'm good. He's praying all about works, righteousness. God, I, I do ABC, and, and you kind of, I'm entitled to good from you. And then, as Jesus tells the story, this other guy, he won't even go kneel at the altar. He stands back. He's kind of, he's ashamed of himself, and he's saying, God, forgive me, a worthless sinner. And he goes away justified, Jesus says in the story. You see, for that guy, any good thing that happened in his life, he would be grateful for. Because he realizes, I deserve nothing. That's the way all of us as Christians should view our life and our relationship with God. It's all grace. All is grace. We're going to have a, the band come out and close us in a song. And just before we do that, I just want to challenge you before we pray. If you're not a believer... I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, respond to God with gratitude. God loves you. We, we've all sinned and we've alienated ourselves from a holy and righteous God. But God loves us and he made a way for us to be reconciled to him through the death of his son. Very costly. He did that because he loves us. And he loves you personally. Respond to him. Respond with gratitude. Place your trust in Christ and Christ alone for your salvation, realizing there's nothing you can do to be made right with God that you can accomplish in of, of yourself. Trust God. Fall on his mercy. And for those of us who are believers, we should be living a life of gratitude. Every day, real gratitude, deep, profound gratitude, not polite gratitude, actual gratitude toward God. And not only that, the good things that he's put into our lives. Let's pray together. Father,
We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for just the tremendous outpouring of your grace, your gifts into our lives that you would, through great cost of your own, because you love us so much, even though we don't deserve it, that you would offer us forgiveness and cleansing through your son, Jesus. And Father, if there's anybody here that, that hasn't received that, Father, we pray that they would consider that, that they would keep coming to hear more about you, that they would just place their trust in, in, in Jesus alone for their salvation, not anything they can do. And Father, for those of us who have crossed that line of faith, Lord, help us to live grateful lives and experience the joy and the wonder that comes with that. In Christ's name we pray.